this morning we are finishing up a message series that we've been talking about for several weeks called This Is Us. It's been a series on relationships and family and what those relationships do in our lives. So if you will, will you clap if you've never seen the show? All right, enough of you that I'll give you just a brief synopsis. It's about this couple named Jack and Rebecca, and the show exists in like modern day times, and then it shows you flashbacks of, of their lives together and them raising children. They had three children and three triplets. One died at birth, and so they end up adopting another baby there in the hospital in that, in that exact time that they were there having their children, and his name is Randall. And later on in the service, you're going to see a clip about Randall with his biological father. And Randall has this amazing relation. And I need to quit saying amazing. I've said that like 10 times today. Uh, Randall has this phenomenal relationship with Jack and Rebecca and they support him all his life. But then uh, as he's an adult, he starts to explore looking into who his biological father is. He reconnects with him only to find out that his biological father is dying. And so later on in the message, you're going to see a clip where Randall is with his dad. And he reaches back in his life and he pulls out a lesson that he learned from his parents. And then he applies that lesson with his dad. It's a, it's a powerful clip. And on today, when we honor our graduates, uh, that's, that's what we're looking at. What lessons from life can we hold on to? And then every one of us, each day that we wake up, we have a new opportunity to, to take a new path. And so this morning, whether you're graduating or not, I just ask that we all look at our lives and see what are some of the things that we could choose to do differently so that we will live lives of hope and joy and peace that we are created to be. Now, I hope you got a balloon when you entered into the auditorium this morning. If you didn't, raise your hand high in the air and our greeters will bring you one. We do have some uh, right up here, Lance and guys, uh, about midway through. Any over there that did not get a balloon? Right down here. So uh, in just a sec, oh, there's one back there. And uh, I have a moment to thank Mike Cuddy, who is raising his hand because he doesn't have a balloon right now. Uh, Mike Cuddy and Susie Cuddy, they are our partners from Ghostface Brewery, and they do phenomenal things for West and the Back to School Bash. Mike donated all the beer that we gave away at the Color Dash, and he and Susie are such phenomenal supporters of West, and they are worshiping with us this morning. Would you give them a thank you, please? They are a big part of our faith community, and we're glad that you are with us this morning. Now, you have a balloon, and I want you, in just a second, to blow up the balloon, and I want you to hold it. Once you blow it up, I want you to hold it shut, all right? So, go ahead and blow up the balloon. All right, hold it. Now, I want you to look at your balloon. This represents one of two kinds of people that we each have in our lives. In each of our lives, we have two different kinds of people. This represents one. People that breathe life into us. Okay, so this represents people that breathe life into us. They, they fill us up. They give us joy and happiness. And now I want you to let the air out of your balloon. 
Thank you for the obnoxious manner in which you're doing that. I love that. Oh my gosh, let the air out. I have a lot of air today, so I'm going to use my air. So the quicker you let your air out, the less you have to be here. Um, This represents the kind of people that suck the life right out of you. Have you ever met anyone like that? Somebody that just drains your soul? So... That's what we're going to talk about today, graduates and and everyone. The way that we can determine how we feel about our future and whether or not we are living into the future that we feel like we are created to be, a future that brings us happiness and hope and joy, and whether we feel like we are being who we are created to be, largely depends on the people around us the people that we choose to have in our lives. And graduates, you guys are getting ready to create a new tribe. Uh, That's like the hot word right now, find your tribe, find your group of people that are going to be around you. So this morning, I want all of us, whether you're a graduate or not, to think about who your tribe is. Who are your people in your life that are helping you live into who you're created to be and helping you determine, is your future what you want it to be or not? Because there are two different kinds of people, people that will breathe life into us and then people that will just suck the energy and life right out of us. Now, if we find that we are frustrated in life and and we just aren't getting accomplished what we want to get accomplished and we're not moving forward and the future does not feel like it's what we're created to be, I would challenge us to take a step back and look at who the people are around us. Because What happens is negativity attracts negativity. If you find yourself immersed with groups of people that are just downers and and negative, then probably we will start feeling that and, and living that out too. So if you don't want a life of negativity and bitterness, then don't surround yourself with people that won't let their crap go. They won't forgive other people of the wrong things that they've done to them. Uh, Surround yourself with people who are going to offer forgiveness and offer grace and want to be happiness, or not want to be happiness, want to be happy. We get to make those decisions, and it's really largely up to us. And the thing is, as we go through life, we like to think because we're human and we, we think we're all tough and strong and our human nature and our ego and our pride gets in the way. But the bottom line is none of us ever do life alone. Even like, think about sports teams, and and let's look at an analogy like that for just a second. So think about a boxer. When he he or she goes into the ring, they're the only person in there, right? But their success is not determined solely by them. They have a trainer, And the the success of that boxer will be largely determined by how good that trainer is in his or her life. So regardless of whether you think you can do it all by yourself or not, you can't. Each of us here today and, and here online, we have a tribe of people that are surrounding us as we do our lives. So this morning, I want you to think for just a few minutes, who are the people in your life right now? Who is your tribe? And graduates, the challenge for you is, who do you want your tribe to be? You all get a fresh start. 
you're going to encounter new people and whether you're going to all be living on the same floor in uh, college or the same dorm when you go to college because all of you end up at the same university or whether you are taking a gap year or whatever, you get to make the decision who you surround yourself with. Who do you want them to be and what are the attributes you want them to have? Because you don't want them to be life suckers. You want them to be life givers. There's a story in scripture that shows us what it's like to be a life giver. It's this woman named Ruth and her mother-in-law, which is a typically societal uncharacteristic relationship. But this lady named Naomi, she is the mother-in-law of Ruth. And what happens is she's married and she and her husband have two sons. Their two sons get married out of their normal tribe. So they marry women, not from Bethlehem, where they are from. They marry these women from Moab. And then all of a sudden, the family just falls really ill, and all the males in the family die. Ruth's husband dies, and or Naomi's husband dies, and then Ruth and Orpah, their husbands die. So Ruth is all alone, and she's in this foreign land because there was a famine and they had to move. So she decides that she's going to go back home. But she's got these two daughter-in-laws, and, and technically they need to stay with their family. So she does what uh, a good mother-in-law would do. She said, look, I love you, but don't stay here with me. You're not supposed to be here with me. You need to go back to your own tribe of people. And so Orpah and Ruth, they cry and they're devastated because they want to stay with her. And she says, no, no, you know, you really need to go. It's what's best for you. And so Orpah takes her up on it, and she's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go. And so she weeps, and she bids Ruth farewell, but then uh, Naomi farewell, but then Ruth has a different idea. And this passage that I'm going to read you this morning is probably one of the most beautiful passages in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. And these are the kind of people that we want in our tribe. If you get to choose a new tribe as you move forward, these are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. People like Ruth, look at what she says to Naomi. Don't force me to leave you and don't make me go home. Where you go, I'm going to go. And where you live, I'm going to live. Your people are my people and your God is my God. Where you die, I will die and that's where I'll be buried. So help me, God, not even death itself is going to come in between us. Everybody has a tribe. Uh, Graduates, I want to give you a little history quiz this morning. There's a few pictures up on the screen. So I want you to tell me who you think these folks are. You know? Oh, come on. Really? All right, West people, help them. Do you know who that's a statue of? Caesar, Julius Caesar. All right, very good. All right, graduates, heard of him? Nod with me. You've at least heard of him, right? Okay, all right, Julius Caesar. I'll pretend this picture's blurry, and that's why you don't know who he is. All right, Uh, moving on. Who's that? Okay. West people? Y'all don't know either? Who? Who? All right, we're skipping him. Go on. I'm not telling you. All right. Who's this? Yay. All right, we got one. Cleopatra. 
And last, Napoleon. All right, very good. It was Alexander the Great. And actually, the first one was Alexander the Great, and the second one was Caesar, but I didn't want to admit that I had gotten it wrong too. So uh, (laughs) I was really banking on you all to know the answer. But look, so there are like famous history people. If you look back in history... And you actually, you've heard the names of those ancient historians, right? Even though none of us, including me, know who they really look like. You know, when we think about history, we think about people like Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great and Napoleon and Cleopatra. And there's hundreds of thousands of other names that we could list. And, you know, we think about them. And if you Google them, you'll pull up Wikipedia and you'll find this whole article about them. But they didn't get to be who they were alone, even though some like Napoleon would probably say that he did and uh, that he accomplished all his things on his own. That's not how it went. He had a whole country, a whole country's army behind him. None of us will ever get to where we need to be in life if we try to do life alone. I don't care how gifted we are or how, uh, how talented we may be, we don't become successful And we don't make a difference in this world if we do life alone. Every person who has accomplished things in their lives had a tribe of people behind them. It's just up to us to determine who that tribe is. And we need it to be people like Ruth. We need it to be people that are committed to building us up and breathing life into us and not sucking the life out of us. And when we find those life suckers, we have to be willing to make some really hard decisions and we have to be willing to let them go. Because if we aren't careful, the ropes that they tether to us, it's like they they join onto us with ropes and they start pulling us back and they will pull you back so far that it's, it's very hard to stay afloat. So you've got to let those ropes go and you've got to find people that are going to build you up and, and push you forward. Sometimes you've got to be willing to let go. I want to use an example this morning with the worship team. I'd ask the worship team to come up on the stage. Graduates and young adults, metaphors are the things that I want you to hold on today. If you don't remember anything else that I say, I want you to remember this example. I want you to remember the balloon because examples are the things that you're going to remember. I want the worship team to stand in a straight line before you get your instruments. And I want you actually to face that direction. So Rob, if you'll stand in the front and everybody just stand Will you give them a hand for all that they do for West while they're lining up? Not many churches sing shut up and dance and uh, and stand by me, so I'm really grateful that they are willing to do that. So Rob, uh, you four right here, you are going to pretend like you are in a canoe and you are going to row forward. So look at me. I want you to push your oars that way on your left side, okay? So pretend like you're rowing and only row on your left because I want them to see this. Row forward, all right? Begin rowing. Now, Scott and you four... On your left, I want you to row back. All right, so row back. And God bless our canoe. That's all I got to say. All right, so they're rowing in opposite directions. Even if they weren't, I'm not sure our canoe would get anywhere. They're off. They're so off. Oh, my gosh. I can just stop. All right, good. Now y'all can go to your instruments. Give, yeah, give them a hand. 
When Scott and I were in college, I am not athletically inclined, okay, at all, ever. If there's a ball and it comes toward me, I scream loudly and run the other direction. There is nothing gifted or physically fit about me. But you had to take P.E., and you had to take two of them. And so I took badminton and learned some stellar skills with badminton. And then the second PE class that I had to take was canoeing. And I was in love with this. I I don't know why. I see you asked that. I don't know. I just thought it could pass it easily. And I was in love with this guy, and I thought he was cute. And I thought, well, if we are in summer school together and I take this class. Hush. (laughs) The look on your face was enough. Um, This is my husband, Scott, in case you don't know that. And so I wanted to impress him, so I signed up for this uh, canoeing class with him, okay? So we go, our final exam is to go out in the canoe on the new river. I thought this will be a breeze. It was not. And I thought we might break up. Even though we had dated for an extended period of time by this, I thought our relationship was over. It went so poorly that in the middle of the final, going down the new river, we finally just stopped our canoe. And I think I'm the one that had to get out right? One of us got out. I don't know. The martyr in me wants to say it was me and uh, had to go get in another canoe and we had to switch partners because we would not cooperate with each other. Now, it didn't mean that we weren't in love and and all that kind of stuff. It just meant that we were two very strong-headed people and we both thought we were right and still do. And so we could not agree on how to go. There are going to be times in your life when you find yourself in the middle of a canoe and it is going nowhere. And if you don't decide how you are going to change directions and if you don't decide that you're both going to row or you're all going to row in the same way, you have to make some changes. And it is in those times that you're going to feel alone. Whether you want to admit it or not, when you go away and you have this new chapter in your life, there are going to be times that you might be just a little bit homesick, even though you don't want to live with your parents for the rest of your life. You might miss them, and you might feel like you are going at life all by yourselves. But what I want you to remember is that you aren't. It just takes some time, you're in the middle, and then everything is going to be all right. So I always wonder in this story about Ruth and Naomi, what was it in Naomi that made Ruth willing to leave everything in her life to go and be with her? I mean, something had to have spoken to her so that she was willing to go back to a foreign land and a foreign tribe for her with this woman And be willing to lose everything so that she could get a new tribe. Something spoke to her. I believe that that something was God. Because you see, Naomi lived a life that was grounded in God. And we know that God is not all about a bunch of rules and regulations. God is very, very big and God's about love. And so Ruth had to see in Naomi that she was a person of love. And that's who your new tribe needs to be. People that love people. People that aren't judgmental and, and, you know, bitter and cynical, but people that always err on grace and love. I would encourage you to find a faith community. There's lots of ways you can get community, but a faith community, you know, at least at the end of the day, even though we're all very different, we all have that one thing that unites us together, and that is love. He was smiling. 
He was playing the piano. I know. He was fine. I'm sorry. There's really no timeline that makes sense of any of this at this stage. Honestly, it's a bit of a miracle he was able to make the trip. But we haven't made the trip. We haven't even seen the ducks, man. I need to get him home where he'll be comfortable. So be direct with me. Can you fly? Because I have the means to get a transport service. Mr. Right Pearson, now. I'm very sorry, but he's looking at hours here, a day or so at best. No, he's, he's got months, maybe more even. There's an experimental drug that we're waiting for. His organs are shutting down rapidly. His heart is extremely have you spoken compromised. To his right doctor now. in New York because I have. I'm sure you're very good at Mr. Pearson, I'm very sorry, but you asked me to be direct, so I will be. Your father is not leaving this hospital. I need to confirm, are you his medical decision maker? And in terms of heroic care, standard procedure is comfort and care, pain medication at maximum levels. No intubation, no resuscitation. I spoke with the doctor. You knew you weren't coming home. What are you doing? Lead up. I got something for you. In the front of my bag, go ahead. here hugging you within hours. No, 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 no. I said goodbye when they were laying down. I want them to remember looking up at me, not down. Up. Man, that was a hell of a thing you did knocking on my door that day. <laughs> Come on, man. down, Randall. Crank up the music. Grow out that fro. Let someone else make your bed. I like making my damn bed, old man. Then you make it. You deserve it. You deserved a beautiful life you made. You deserve everything, Randall. My beautiful boy. My son.
I haven't had a happy life. Bad breaks. Bad choices. A life of all most and could-haves. Some would call it sad, but I don't. Because the two best things in my life were the person in the very beginning and the person at the very end. That's a pretty good thing to be able to say, I think. I think so, too. Mm. A little scared. What his dad used to do with him when he was gripped with anxiety and didn't know how to move forward. His dad would get down on on his level and hold his head in his hands and say, just breathe with me. Remember your balloon. And whenever you uh, forget this one or lose it, anytime you see a balloon, remember. Find the people in your life that, like Ruth and Naomi, were grounded in something bigger than they are. They're grounded in God, grounded in love. And surround yourselves with people that are going to fill you up and help you breathe. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so proud of these young men and women. And we just ask that you breathe life into them. Give them courage to take steps of of just adventure and steps of love as they enter into whatever their new chapter brings. And God, in your divine and mystical way, we just ask that in everyone's life this morning, you help us see clearly where we may need to, you know, shift around some seats in our boat or change some things in our boat. So that, God, we can fill our lives with people that are going to help us breathe. You alone are the giver of life. And your Holy Spirit breathes in each of us. Let us support that with one another. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I want you to find the people that are going to put life into you and breathe life into you. Let that be the next chapter of your journey. May we all surround ourselves with people that are grounded in God, grounded in love. 
and may they breathe life into us so that we can live into being who it is that God has called us to be. Graduates, I want you to come up on the stage in just a second, and we're going to have a closing picture. As they do, I invite you to go in the peace and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and give them a hand.